Turn to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. I'm going to review uh, quite a bit here this morning from last week, and then we're going to jump into this week's message. I started this series called Wounded But Healed, and we started talking about uh, some different things that take place in our life, and usually they take place at a very early age. And I shared a scripture with you last week that I want to share with you again. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22 says, A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. And, you know, we have focused on the first part of that verse. Many of you have heard that. You've probably saw little signs that said, hey, laughter does good like a medicine. We believe that. But it's that second part of the verse that often gets overlooked. And it's the second part of the verse that does so much damage to our lives. It is this broken spirit that nobody ever talks about. It is a wounded soul that dries us up. It empties ourselves of ourselves. And so we have to be very careful that we deal with the issues of our life, specifically with wounds and hurt. And so we talked about the importance of that. And I just want to share, again, some scriptures that we we talked about because I believe there's something that happens to us even at a very early age, when we are rejected. The wound of rejection is a weapon that the enemy uses, and I say it like this, it is a weapon of mass destruction. Children, babies, infants can feel in the womb, they can literally feel rejection. When we're rejected very early, something happens to us. We carry that wound from season to season of our life. We bring it into every relationship, every job, every adventure that we would ever have. We're still dealing with the hurt and the wound of rejection. And so God's word has a lot to say about it. And and I believe we kind of highlighted some good news last week in understanding how rejection affects us, but also how do we even deal with it. It affects everybody. Listen, when we don't make the team as a a teenager, as a young child, that's rejection. Huh? When when we don't get picked for, for the games, that's rejection. When we're isolated, that's rejection. When our parents divorce... For many kids, that is rejection, and that's a wound that they carry into their marriage, into other relationships. It is this hurt and is this pain that we have. And so when, when we get broken up with as a teenager, it's rejection. Now, it's if you don't get enough likes on social media, they, they still feel the pain of that, the wound of that. That's a very real thing. And so this wound and this pain of rejection is something that we have to deal with because people are walking around with a broken spirit. And there was a scripture that I shared last week that I think is so important because it's a scripture that really deals with this specifically, and it's found in Jeremiah chapter 6, verses 14. This is God talking, and he's specifically talking to leaders. He said this, they dress the wounds of my people as if it were not serious. Wow, listen to that. They dress the wounds of my people as if it were not serious. Peace, peace, they say, when there is no peace. In other words, what I believe God is saying through this scripture is he's saying, hey, listen, they're putting band-aids on bullet holes. 
They're not dealing with the issues. They're sweeping things under the carpet. There is real hurt and there's real pain. And instead of dealing with these things, they're just waving their hand over them saying, hey, you're all right, you're okay. The kids are gonna be all right. Kids are resilient. When the truth is, is no, there's a real hurt there. There's a real wound there. And we have to treat it as if it were serious because it is serious. And you wonder why people go from relationship to relationship to relationship. You wonder why people go through marriage after marriage after marriage, job after job after job, adventure after adventure after adventure, that they never can seem to get it right. And the truth is, is they're still carrying the hurt and the wound of rejection. Rejection. And so we have to treat this, listen to me, we have to treat this, this morning even, as if it were serious. Because it is serious. And it's especially serious when it comes from somebody we're close to. When it comes from somebody that we thought had our back and they loved us and, hey, they were going to be there for us. And when we really needed them, when we really needed them to lean on, when we went to lean on them, they weren't there. Not only were they not there, they ended up turning around and causing us more pain. They're the ones that were talking about us. They're the ones that were spreading something about us. They're the ones that really hurt us, right? David said this in Psalms 55. He said, listen, if an enemy had come against me, I could take it. I know how to deal with an enemy. I could see that coming. That was an attack that came straight on. But what I didn't expect is when it came from somebody that I thought was by my side or somebody that had my back. It wasn't an enemy that rejected me. It wasn't an enemy that came against against me. It was you, the one I went to church with. Huh? And I shared this last week, and I said, hey, my wife and I, we know all about this. Because when you sign up for ministry, you sign up for rejection. You sign up to get broken up with. Listen, we've had lots of people that have loved us over the years. We've been so grateful for the love. We feel the love, but we've also had lots of people walk right out of our life. And so it just happens. It's just, it's just part of, of the job description. Listen, I didn't necessarily sign up for that part of it, but it comes with it. And listen, it may not be as deep, but we've had it happen to us multiple, multiple times. But you might be here today, and it was just one person. It wasn't multiple, it wasn't, it wasn't a lot of people, it was one person, but that wound is deep. It's deep. Because it was somebody you really trusted. It was a family member, it was a parent, it was a mother, it was a father, it was a son, it was a daughter, and they wounded you. Right? And I shared last week that the good news is this, is that you are not alone. Jesus himself was wounded. Psalms 119, or I should say, Psalms 118 says that the stone that the builders rejected, this is speaking of Jesus, Jesus himself was rejected. The stone that the builders, the builders rejected, became the chief cornerstone. So if Jesus did everything right, come on now, how many know Jesus did everything right? 
Jesus never sinned. Jesus never did anything wrong. Jesus never hurt anybody. Jesus never said the wrong thing, did the wrong thing, or acted in the wrong way. Jesus was perfect in all of his ways, yet he was rejected. The crowds that he loved and healed and blessed, he laid hands on them, he fed them, they were the ones that shouted crucify. Listen, it wasn't just the Pharisees shouting crucify him. It wasn't just the Pharisees that were shouting Barabbas. It was the ones that he healed and he blessed their children and he fed them when they were hungry. They were the ones that shouted crucify him. That had to hurt. He knows what rejection feels like. In fact, the Bible says that we have a great high priest who can be touched by the feelings of our infirmities, right? So Jesus has been in your shoes. He's walked your path. And let me tell you, he's felt rejection. So it's not about, right, your value. It's about their vision. Hallelujah. So let's talk about this this morning, right? Let's go into Luke chapter 9, and let's just talk a little bit about what God's word has to say concerning rejection, because if Jesus had to walk through that path, if Jesus had to go that way, then, then we should have to go that way, right? I mean, we, we should have to understand that, that we can't avoid rejection all of our life. If he was perfect, how many of you know we're far from it? So if he had to deal with rejection, let me tell you, we're going to have to deal with rejection, We're going to have to deal with rejection. So watch Luke chapter 9, verse number 1 says this. Then he called his 12 disciples together, and he gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said to them, verse 3, take nothing for your journey, neither staff, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, and do uh, do not have two tunics apiece. Now watch this, because Jesus gave them what? He gave them power. The Bible says he gave them power. He gave them authority. He called them together. He said, I want you to go preach. I want you to go heal the sick. In Matthew, it actually says this. He said, don't take anything with you. Let those that you preach to provide for you, right? And he gave them all these things, these incredible things. And you just think, hey, that would be enough, right? That is, that is all you need. You're going to go into ministry, It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be blessing. You're going to preach the gospel. You're going to go. You're going to have a lovely family. You're going to get married. Praise the Lord. I mean, marriage is so easy. Come on now. It never takes any work or effort, you know. You know, I mean, you're just going to have a blissful time. Hallelujah. But maybe there's a little more to it than that. And Jesus said, you're going to go into ministry. Woo, we're in the ministry now. I get to sit at a desk and pray and read my Bible all week long. Well, there's a little more to it than that, right? So you're going to go into ministry, but watch verse number four. Whatever house you enter, stay there and from there depart. And whoever will not receive you, when you go out of the city, shake off the very dust from your feet as a testimony against them. So they departed and went through the towns preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Jesus gave them power. He gave them authority. He gave them instruction and he gave them direction, but he also gave them something that many of us don't see. He gave them perspective. He gave them understanding. He doesn't say if you are rejected. He says when it happens. When you go into a city and they don't receive you, Who couldn't receive you? I mean, after all, look at you. 
Y'all look great. I mean, who couldn't love all of this? You know what I'm saying? Peter's probably looking, not receive me? You just told me I'm going to heal the sick. Who would receive me if I'm healing the sick? Who would receive me if I've got power and authority? Who would receive me if I'm laying hands on them and blessing them? But Jesus himself knew it because he himself was not received. He himself was rejected. He himself went to his own people And the Bible says they were actually offended at him. He knows that in this life, you're going to have to deal with rejection, including those you're trying to help, those who are closest to you. He says it is inevitable. And so I want to give you this incredible gift. It's not just power. It's not just authority. I want to give you this gift. It is an understanding that you are going to be rejected. And when you are, here's what you do. You walk outside the city, you grab your feet, and you just shake off the dust off your feet and then you do something that is going to bring healing and it is you move on oh hallelujah remember I said last week come on now talking about Ruth and Naomi and Orpah from the book of Ruth I said if people can walk away from you let them walk hallelujah If they can walk away from you, let them walk. I heard somebody say that years ago. I played it for my wife. Honey, you got to hear this, baby. Change my life. Stop trying to cling to, hold on to. Stop trying to love people who don't love you back. Text people who never text you back. Stop trying to show up when you're uninvited. If people can walk away from you, listen to me, church. Let them walk. Hallelujah. And you shake the dust off of your feet and listen to me, move on. I said, move on. I said, move on. You just shake the dust off your feet and you move on because for everybody who rejected you, somebody else is waiting on you. Did you hear me now? For everybody who doesn't want it, somebody else is praying for it. Somebody else is waiting on it. For everyone who doesn't want to be a part of your life, let me tell you, God will set you up with people who do want what you have, who do want you to come over, who do want to text you back, who do want to accept you and love you and say, bring it on. So he taught his disciples this, shake it off and move on. Hallelujah. Move on. Amen. Just move on. If people can walk away, let them walk. And you, watch, here's where the healing comes. You move on. Hallelujah. I mean, listen, I tell you what, there's a freedom that comes with that. Did you hear me? There's a freedom that comes with that. The weight is lifted off of our shoulders. When people don't want what we have, when they're not willing to invest in our life, when they're not willing to receive from us, when they're not willing to take from us, when they don't want anything to do with us, listen, stop spinning your wheels. Stop trying to spend all your energy and effort to try to get them to love you. Stop trying to do anything to get them to stick by you. Listen, you don't, there's no glue strong enough to get them to stick to you. Listen, you move on. Hallelujah. And Jesus taught his disciples this. And let me tell you, I'm telling you, this is an incredible gift I'm giving you today. Hallelujah. 
for you to learn, hey, listen, I've got to move on. Because there are some people that come into your life and they come into your life for a season. They're not meant to stay. They're only there for one chapter. They're not there for the whole book. Come on now, turn to somebody next to you and say, he's talking to you right now. I mean, listen, some people are only there for a chapter. Stop trying to write a whole book with them. But you don't understand, they were in my wedding. So what? I know they were in your wedding. I know you went to high school with them. I know that you had all these memories with them. But guess what? They're done. And you need to be done too. Close that chapter and start a new one, sister. Come on. Move on. Hallelujah. Move on. Shake the dust off your feet and move on. Hallelujah. He gave his disciples perspective. It's this incredible gift. And when we don't move on, watch here, watch this. When we don't move on, there's a real danger. There's a real danger when we don't have to learn how to move on, when we don't know how to shake it off. When we let that stick to us and that hurt stay there, it's not the wound by itself that hurts us. It's the infection that comes from an untreated wound. Right? It's infection. It's just infection. That's the danger. When we don't treat it as if it's serious, come on, Jeremiah chapter 6, when we don't treat it as if it's serious, we put a Band-Aid on it when it needs to be stitched up, it's the infection that comes from that thing. When we think we've moved on and all of a sudden something happens and you begin to realize, no, I don't think, I, I don't think I've really moved on because there's an infection And here's what happens. Watch this. There's a residue that comes from the rejection. And the residue is this. Rejection doesn't always show up in pain. Sometimes it masks itself as personality. Huh? And let me give you some examples today because some of you are thinking, well, what does that mean that it doesn't always show up in pain? It hurt at first, but you've learned to adapt and you've learned to modify and you've learned to to mask that pain with certain behavior, come on now, and your personality has completely shifted and completely changed, and it's all because of an untreated wound that got infected. Watch this. Let me give you some examples. You met somebody who's hypersensitive. They wear their feelings on their sleeve. You got to walk around on eggshells around them. Come on now. How many of you know somebody like that? I mean, I I know people like that. The slightest little criticism, the slightest little thing that you say, and man, I tell you what, they get so hurt and they get so wounded. Why? That is an infection that is is the result of an untreated wound. Right? How about stubbornness? You always got to have your way. You always have to prove that you're right. You can't ever take correction from anybody. Come on now. Why is, it, why is it that you always have to, to have the last word? You always, you, 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 can't, you always have to be in control. You want things your way every time. That is an infection from an untreated wound, right? Anger. I know nobody in here deals with anger, but just maybe other churches, other places will hear this. But 
I know nobody in here deals with that, but let me tell you, that's one that I deal with, it seems like, all the time. And when I catch myself, watch this, when I catch myself getting angry at the slightest little things, I have to actually do an internal survey of my life, and I have to ask myself, Brian, have you been hurt recently? Has somebody walked out on you, and you maybe didn't deal with it properly because you're flying off the handle at things that should not bother you that badly? Huh? Rejection. Rejection. And the wound and the infection that comes with it. Right? I mean, it's all these different hurts and all these different things. Or maybe you're here today and you're just like, I I can't say no. I can't set up boundaries. It seems like I've spent my life being a doormat. I've let people walk all over me. I let them mistreat me. I let them abuse me. I go from one relationship, they mistreat me. I go from another relationship, they mistreat me. And it's like I always find that person who knows how to abuse me. And, And I don't know why it is. I'm always finding these type of relationships. I'm always seeking them out. Why is it? It's because there is a wound there probably from early on in your childhood that you never dealt with and that wound has infected your life and that infection shows up as you just wanting to be needy. Do you hear me now? And you've never dealt with it. You've never been healed from it. You, You carry it into every relationship that you have And you think, that's just my personality. That is not your personality. That is not the way God made you. He did not make you hypersensitive. He did not make you stubborn. He did not make you controlling. He did not make you angry. And he certainly did not make you to be able to take abuse. He did not make a doormat. He created somebody who has to stand up and say, I'm a child of God. I'm a daughter of God. I'm a son of God. God loves me just the way I am. And if you don't want what I have, guess what? I'm going to shake it off and I'm going to move on to the next relationship because for everybody that doesn't want it, somebody else really wants it. Hallelujah. Amen. See, it shows itself up as personality. Well, this is just the way God made me. No, he didn't. This is just my culture. No, it's not. Stop making excuses and certainly stop blaming God. Hallelujah. Let's be healed. Let's get healed from that mess, right? Let's get healed from that hurt. Let's get healed from that pain. In fact, let me ask you this question. Why would David in the Bible allow Saul To throw a spear at him twice. Maybe you didn't know how that happened. But it happened on two different occasions. Listen, you get one chance with me. You throw a spear at me, I'm done with you. You're not going to get a second chance. You fire a gun at me, you get one chance. That's it. I'm not going to sit around with a big bullseye on my chest and go, just go ahead, shoot again, fire away. Huh? You punch me, I'll turn the other cheek, but then after that, that's all I got. I got nothing else. The Bible doesn't say I have to turn it twice. Just turn it once. That's it. You get one shot. Come on now. Come on now, amen. Why did David allow Saul to throw a spear at him twice? 1 Samuel chapter 18, David was playing the harp, huh? 
And Saul actually said, I will grab a spear and I will pin David to the wall. Watch 1 Samuel chapter 18. And it says that David escaped twice. Two different times this happened. So why would David allow this to happen in his life? Well, maybe, just maybe, David was looking for something in Saul that he didn't get from his own father, whose name was Jesse. Maybe David was looking for something in Saul to be a spiritual father, huh? an emotional father to him, that his natural father, his earthly father, never provided. That's why people stay in abusive relationships. Because there's a residue from the rejection, there's an infection from the wound, and they allow people to mistreat them and abuse them because they're looking for something in them they didn't get the proper way. After all, Jesse had all these sons, and here comes Samuel to anoint one of them as king. Come on now, you know the story. If you've been in church for any length of time, you know the story. And all of them went except one. Who didn't go? David. Why? Because he had to watch the sheep? Come on, man. There's enough servants around to watch the sheep. Huh? Jesse was rich. Jesse was wealthy. He had servants. They could have watched the sheep. No, that had to hurt. Listen to me, listen to me. That had to hurt, David. All my brothers are there, and I'm here. Huh? And it's this wound that never properly healed. And so when he finds a king who brings him in, says, hey, I want you now to wear my armor. I want you to marry my daughter. I want you to, to be my son. Come on now. And David's looking for something in Saul he didn't get from Jesse. Hallelujah. Let me tell you why people are wounded, because we're just looking. We're just looking for acceptance, right? We're looking for acceptance. We're just looking for a mom or dad, brother or sister. We're looking for a relationship. We just want somebody to say, hey, I love you just the way you are. Just the way you are. Hmm? 